Issue Review, Fiscal Services Division, January 22, 2021, Federal Disaster Funding in Response to 2019 Flooding. Issue, this issue review provides background and historical information on federal funding received during the time of severe flooding across the state of Iowa in 2019. The purpose of this issue review is to provide an explanation of how federal funding is requested, received, and distributed on a statewide level. It is intended to provide a detailed analysis of funding sources and dollars received specifically for flood hazard mitigation and disaster alleviation purposes as related to the flooding that occurred in Iowa beginning in March 2019. Affected Agencies, Department of Homeland Security, HSEMD, Economic Development Authority, IEDA, Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, IDALS, Department of Human Services, DHS, Department of Revenue, IDR, Economic Development Authority, IEDA, and Iowa Workforce Development. Code Authority, Iowa Code Chapters 29C and 34A, Iowa Administrative Code 605. Background, in spring 2019, much of the Midwestern United States was significantly affected by heavy rainfall and numerous incidents of severe flooding. Throughout the evening on March 12, 2019, and the next day, March 13, 2019, a weather phenomenon known as a, quote, bomb cyclone, end quote, brought warm temperatures, high winds, and two to three inches of rain to Iowa. This weather event, in addition to melting snow, led to an increase in water runoff from previously frozen soil and widespread flooding across the state. More than 50 federal and locally owned levees were breached and nearly 250 miles of levees were impacted, which resulted in a large and rapid expansion of the flooding. Nearly 25,000 homes and 4,200 businesses were damaged or destroyed and numerous emergency evacuations took place in southwest and eastern Iowa. The chart that accompanies this issue review displays the number and location of active flood warnings and advisories in spring 2019. Statewide Disaster Declaration Executive Order No. 4. On April 15, 2019, Governor Reynolds signed Executive Order No. 4 that proclaimed a statewide disaster declaration in response to the flooding and severe weather and activated the State Emergency Operations Center to coordinate relief efforts and response. The Governor's proclamation activated the Iowa Individual Assistance Grant and Disaster Care Management Programs, which along with other types of disaster assistance will be discussed in detail later on. For a total of 21 counties, Butler, Iowa, Sioux, Cerro Gordo, Kossuth, Webster, Clayton Mills, Winnebago, Hancock, Monona, Winnesheek, Harrison, Montgomery, Woodbury, Humboldt, O'Brien, Worth, Ida, Potawatomi, and Wright. The chart that accompanies this issue review provides a breakdown of affected counties under the statewide disaster declaration in March 2019 as well as references to eligible disaster assistance. Statewide Disaster Declaration, March 2019. At the time of the disaster proclamation, the governor's office estimated the destruction caused by the flooding to cost more than $1.6 billion, including $75 million in necessary public assistance, $480 million in individual assistance, $300 million in damage to local businesses, more than $200 million in damage to livestock, grain, and land, and more than $500 million in damages to both federal and locally owned levies. 
Executive Order Number 4 also provided for the establishment of the Flood Recovery Advisory Board to serve as a central point of coordination of state assistance and mitigation activities in recovery and rebuilding efforts. The main duties of the board include, but are not limited to, establishing and implementing short-term priorities for recovery and comprehensive long-term plans for redevelopment of the state, identifying federal and state legislative policy needs for the recovery and rebuilding effort, identifying funding sources and innovative funding alternatives for recovery and redevelopment programs, establishing priorities for the use of funds made available to the state as a result of this disaster event, including but not limited to federal funds administered under the Robert T. Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act as amended, and providing opportunities for the public, businesses, nonprofit organizations, communities, and other stakeholders to provide input into the recovery and rebuilding process. The board was also tasked with providing oversight and coordination of six newly established working groups charged with assisting the board in coordinating recovery and rebuilding efforts. The six governor-appointed groups included a working group on finance, economic development, agriculture, workforce and housing, river management, and infrastructure, and public health. As of December 1, 2020, Governor Reynolds has issued a total of 71 disaster declarations for the period 2019 through 2020. A majority of these declarations were related to the public health emergency as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. A listing of total statewide disaster declarations on an annual level is displayed in this issue review. Presidential Disaster Declaration, FEMA, Dash 4421-DR, Iowa. On March 19, 2019, Vice President Mike Pence toured disaster areas in both Iowa and Nebraska. Two days later, on March 21st, Governor Reynolds requested an expedited review of a federal major disaster declaration for severe weather events from March 12th to 13 and the following days. On March 23rd, President Donald Trump declared the existence of a major disaster in the state of Iowa and signed the presidential declaration FEMA-4421-DR-Iowa. With the declaration, President Trump authorized federal funds from public assistance programs for 56 Iowa counties. FEMA-4421-DR-Iowa also authorized federal funds from individual assistance grants in Fremont, Harrison, Mills, Monona, and Woodbury counties. Governor's Disaster Declaration. In the context of public emergency management and security, Iowa Code Section 29C.2, subsection 4, defines a, quote, disaster, end quote, to be a man-made or natural occurrence which threatens the public peace, health, and safety of the people, or which damages and destroys public or private property. When the governor has found that a disaster exists or threatens to occur, the governor may issue in writing a proclamation of a state of disaster emergency. Such a proclamation must be filed and signed by the Secretary of State and include the finding of facts on which the proclamation is sustained, the affected area of the state, and explicitly state whether the emergency is a public health disaster or not. A proclamation expires 30 days after its establishment unless it is extended in writing by the governor. Additionally, the General Assembly may vote to rescind a proclamation through the passage of a concurrent resolution if it is currently in session 
If it is not currently in session, the Legislative Council may do the same by a majority vote. Iowa Code Section 29C.6 grants the governor specific authority to exercise certain powers during a state of disaster emergency. The governor may delegate or subdelegate these powers, which can be summed into three broad categories control of state resources, control of movement of persons, and several other powers and duties. These powers are explained in detail in Appendix A that accompanies this issue review. Additionally, the governor may enter into mutual aid agreements with other states and cooperate with federal agencies and offices to assist in times of a state disaster emergency. Iowa Code Section 29C.6, subsection 12, authorizes the governor to utilize personal property for relief efforts subject to requirements for compensation. Similarly, the governor may also suspend or limit the sale, transport, and dispensing of certain items such as alcoholic beverages, explosives, and combustibles. Presidential Disaster Declaration Although state and local governments are initially responsible for protecting their citizens and helping them recover from disaster events, it can occur that both state and local governments exhaust their financial and capital capabilities to respond. In 1988, Congress enacted the Robert T. Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Act to specifically address this problem and assist state and local governments in supporting their citizens during times before, during, and after a major disaster event. The Stafford Act establishes the process for obtaining a presidential disaster declaration, defines the type and scope of assistance available from the federal government, and sets the conditions for obtaining this assistance. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, is responsible for overseeing and coordinating the federal disaster response. Section 401 of the Stafford Act states that, quote, all requests for a declaration by the president that a major disaster exists shall be made by the governor of the affected state, end quote. After the governor makes an official request for federal disaster assistance through the applicable regional FEMA office, state and federal officials begin the process of conducting a joint preliminary damage assessment, or PDA, that determines the severity of the disaster and its impact on individual and public facilities. Generally, the PDA is completed prior to the governor's request and included in the official disaster aid application to provide information to verify that the disaster is of the necessary severity and magnitude that local and state government resources are insufficient and federal resources are essential. However, when the disaster event is so severe or catastrophic, the governor may submit a request for assistance prior to submitting a PDA. A PDA conducted in joint manner between local, state, and federal experts such as the United States Army Corps of Engineers. A listing of total presidential declarations established specifically for the state of Iowa follows. Iowa Presidential Disaster Declarations, 2013 to 2020. August 17, 2020, Iowa Severe Storms, August 10, 2020. March 23, 2020, Iowa COVID Pandemic, March 17, 2020 and continuing. March 23, 2019, Severe Storms and Flooding, March 12 through June 15, 2019. September 12, 2018, Severe Storms and Tornadoes, July 19, 2018. August 20, 2018, Severe Storms, Tornadoes, Straight Line Winds, Flooding, June 6 through July 2, 2018. 
August 27, 2017, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding, July 19th through the 23rd, 2017. October 31st, 2016, severe storms, flooding, September 21st through October 3rd, 2016. September 29th, 2016, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding, August 23rd through the 27th, 2016. July 31st, 2015, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding June 20th through 25th, 2015. August 5th, 2014, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding June 26th through July 7th, 2014. July 14th, 2014, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding June 14th through the 23rd, 2014. July 14th, 2014, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding June 3rd through the 4th, 2014. July 31st, 2013, severe storms, tornadoes, flooding June 21st through the 28th, 2013. July 2nd, 2013, severe storms, tornadoes, flooding May 19th, through June 14th, 2013. May 31st, 2013, severe storms, tornadoes, straight line winds, flooding April 17th through the 30th, 2013. May 6th, 2013, severe winter storm April 9th through 11th, 2013. Upon receiving the governor's request for assistance, the president, should he or she choose to accept the request, must decide what type of disaster declaration will be declared based on information provided by the completed PDA. There are two types of presidential disaster declarations. One, Stafford Act, Emergency Declaration, and two, Major Disaster Declaration. Both types of declaration authorize the president to provide supplemental federal disaster assistance, but each differs based on the disaster event that occurred and what type of funding is available. Number one, Stafford Act Emergency Declaration. A Stafford Act Emergency Disaster Declaration can be declared for any event for which the President determines federal assistance is needed. Such declarations provide supplemental assistance for local and state entities through means of providing emergency services such as life, property, and public health and safety protection or to mitigate or lessen the threat of a catastrophe in any part of the United States. Total assistance is limited to $5 million. If the amount of needed assistance exceeds this threshold, the President must seek congressional approval. Number two, major disaster declaration. A major disaster declaration is declared by the President in the wake of a natural event such as a hurricane, tornado, storm, high water, wind-driven water, tidal wave, earthquake, snowstorm, and drought, regardless of cause, fire, flood, or explosion, that the president deems to have caused such severe damage that local and state governments are incapable of responding to with their own resources. Major disaster declarations provide a more expansive range of federal assistance programs for affected individuals and public infrastructure. Additionally, a wider range of funding is available for both immediate emergency-related work and permanent mitigation-related work. Major disaster declarations provide for three types of assistance, individual assistance, public assistance, and hazard mitigation assistance, while emergency declarations exclude hazard mitigation as a form of assistance. These types of assistance determine which federal assistance programs are activated. It is important to note that as a part of the PDA process and any subsequent PDAs, the governor must explicitly request the type of federal assistance needed. Types of available assistance 
by presidential disaster declaration type. Stafford Act emergency declarations allow for two types of federal supplemental assistance, public assistance PA and individual assistance IA. Hazard mitigation grant program assistance is not available through an emergency declaration. Public assistance is primarily defined as aid to the public entities for certain emergency services and the repair or replacement of disaster-affected public facilities. Public assistance requires a federal and state cost share. At least 75% of assistance costs are federally obligated, and the remaining 25% are to be paid by the state. Upon the granting of PA, the process to receive financial assistance can begin. After a public entity applicant is briefed on eligibility requirements and what costs may be reimbursed by the 75% federal cost share limit, an applicant files an application or request for public assistance or RPA with the assistance of local or state resources. Once an application is approved, state and federal officials will meet with applicants to review details of approved projects. The applicant is required to provide detailed documentation regarding the scope and cost of the project. Upon review of the documentation, federal officials will validate expenses eligible for reimbursement and will forward funds to the state, which will pay the applicant directly. Any other documentation related to the project must be submitted before the project is closed out. The graphic on the following Page in this issue review article displays the public assistance award process from beginning to end. Public assistance is divided into seven separate categories. Category A, debris removal. Category B, emergency protective measures. Category C, roads and bridges. Category D, water control facilities. Category E, buildings and equipment. Category F, utilities. Category G, parks, recreational and other facilities. Chart 1 that accompanies this article provides a graphical interpretation of the award process for public assistance as described. The chart also provides greater details of the process not referenced before so as to account for process steps completed by local governments such as kickoff meetings and the distribution of grant funding from a grantee, state government or homeland security and emergency management department to the sub grantee local government. In determining the amount of public assistance to provide, FEMA evaluates several factors to aid the president in making recommendations. These factors include estimated costs of assistance, localized impacts, existing insurance coverage, and hazard mitigation efforts, recent disaster history, and the use of other federal agency assistance programs. These factors are discussed in greater detail in Appendix B that accompanies this issue review. The Stafford Act Emergency Declaration also provides for individual assistance or IA. The IA primarily consists of various forms of financial, legal, unemployment, and counseling assistance available to individuals and individual households. Types of IA include assistance for individuals and households, small business administration and disaster loans, disaster unemployment assistance, legal services, special tax considerations, and crisis counseling. These types of assistance are described in greater detail in Appendix C that accompanies this issue review. Major disaster declarations also allow for PA and IA sources of assistance as described before. Additionally, major disaster declarations 
also allow for hazard mitigation assistance. Hazard mitigation is defined as the sustained measures enacted to reduce or eliminate long-term risk to people and property from natural hazards and disasters and consequently their effects. According to FEMA, quote, mitigation measures reduce personal loss, save lives, and reduce the cost to the nation of responding to and recovering from disasters, end quote. Hazard mitigation assistance is provided under sections 404 and 406 of the Stafford Act and allow for two separate funding and assistance scenarios. Section 404 establishes the Hazard Mitigation Grant Program, HMGP, which allows individual communities to apply for mitigation-related funding through state platforms. The state acts as the initial recipient of the grant and is responsible for notifying applicants of available funding, establishing a project selection process, ranking and prioritizing projects, and providing information regarding projects to FEMA. The state, or in some cases local government, is required to provide a 25% match of project costs. This funding must come from non-federal sources with the exception of the Community Development Block Grant available through the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Funding available for the HMGP under a disaster declaration is considered to be one-time funding and is capped at 7.5% of the total estimated cost of the disaster for all other categories of assistance. Additionally, in order to be eligible for such funding, states must have an established state mitigation plan that provides a summary of the hazards the state is contending with, an assessment of risks and hazards the state currently faces, and a strategy to mitigate those risks and associated vulnerabilities. If a state chooses to develop a more comprehensive enhanced state mitigation plan, an additional 20% of funding may be available for the state under the HMGP. States may also set aside up to 5% of the total HMGP funds available in order to fund projects at their own discretion with the requirement that such a project must already be identified in the state's existing hazard mitigation plan and that it aligns with the overall goal of hazard mitigation. As of November 2004, local entities must also develop a mitigation plan in order to be eligible for HMGP funding. Iowa's hazard mitigation plan, the Iowa Comprehensive Emergency Plan, was last updated in June 2018 by the Iowa HSEMD. The HMGP provides funding for numerous types of mitigation measures, including acquisition or relocation of property located in high hazard areas, elevation of flood-prone structures, significant rehabilitation of existing structures against wildfire and dry flood-proofing measures that bring a structure into compliance with the National Flood Insurance Program, NFIP, and local and state regulations. Up to 7% of HMGP funds may be used to develop state and local mitigation plans. According to FEMA, the primary emphasis for HMGP funds can be divided into three overarching categories. Number one, acquisition and demolition. In this funding scenario, an impacted community purchases flood-damaged property and completely demolishes the structure. The proceeds of the sale allow the property owner to purchase replacement housing in the market while the local government assumes the damaged property's title and is required to maintain the property as open space into perpetuity. 
Number two, relocation. The HMGP also provides funding for relocating an impacted property if structurally viable. Such relocated structures must be relocated outside of a 100-year floodplain and any regulatory erosion zones and conform to other applicable state or local land use regulations. Number three, elevation and floodproofing. If applicable and practical, the HMGP also provides funding for flood damage reduction measures such as elevating a structure in order to meeting NFIP requirements. However, it is important to note that flood proofing techniques may only be applied to commercial properties whereas only residential structures are required to be elevated. Communities can apply for grant funding to allow individual property owners to cover increased construction costs incurred during the flood proofing or elevation process. Section 406 of the Stafford Act establishes hazard mitigation funding guidelines that provide FEMA with the authority to fund cost-effective mitigation measures as part of the PA program. Funding provided under Section 406 may cover costs associated with repairs, restoration, and replacement of specific facilities if eligible. It is important to note that only FEMA has the discretion to determine eligibility and approval of Section 406 funds and that such funds only be applied to the part of a facility that was actually damaged by a disaster. Additionally, FEMA requires that any projects completed with funding under Section 406 are considered to be cost-effective, which includes the following requirements. Section 406 mitigation approved for the repair of a facility may not be applied towards an alternate project. Hazard mitigation funding may not be duplicated, i.e. the funding under Section 406 may not be used to meet a state's share of another grant. Acceptable cost-slash-benefit analysis must be provided and demonstrated for measures that exceed originally assumed costs. Mitigation measures may not exceed 100% of the eligible cost of a project or repair, and mitigation measures may amount up to 15% of the total eligible project or repair cost. Examples of hazard mitigation approved by funding under Section 406 include slope, stabilization, flood proofing of buildings, protection of utilities, flood protection of bridges, and relocation of specific entities. Section 406 funding primarily differs from Section 404 funding in that Section 406 funding is granted specific to a certain disaster and only applies to applications that seek disaster relief under PA. Section 406 is administered only by FEMA. Section 404 funding applies to statewide projects and is not disaster specific. Section 404 funding is administered through the Iowa HSEMD. The chart that accompanies this issue review shows the differences between Section 404 and 406 funding. Funding received for fiscal year 2019 flooding. State funding. Senate File 638, Fiscal Year 2020 Standing Appropriations Act, appropriated a total of $15 million from the General Fund to the Flood Recovery Fund established under the auspices of the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management. The fund was established with the intent to provide financial assistance to the number of counties that were designated under the Presidential Disaster Declaration, DR-4421-Iowa. Senate File 638 also tasked the Flood Mitigation Board 
which has administered the flood mitigation program since 2012 with controlling the flood recovery fund and establishing a process under which eligible political subdivisions may apply for funding. The board is required to consider the following in approving funding requests. A description of the project and how it supports flood response, recovery, or mitigation. A description of the financial assistance needed from the flood recovery fund and additional monies being applied to the project. Iowa Code Section 418.6 provides specific guidelines as to how the Flood Mitigation Board is to approve, deny, or defer any requests for funding from the Flood Recovery Fund. In May 2020, the Flood Mitigation Board approved a draft application for funding from the Flood Recovery Fund. The board approved six applications for funding totaling $15 million for the following proposed projects as displayed in the table that accompanies this issue review. According to the Flood Mitigation Board, the total cost for all six approved projects was estimated to be $59.3 million, in addition to the $15 million appropriation from Senate File 638. The board estimated local funding to cover $5.9 million of the cost and the state to provide a 10% cost share match of $4.3 million. The remaining $34.1 million of the total cost was estimated to be the federal cost share of the necessary assistance. Upon determining additional funding needs for various flood mitigation projects remaining after the initial $15 million appropriation in Senate File 638, the Iowa Legislature provided an additional appropriation of $21 million under Senate File 2144, the Fiscal Year 2020 Supplemental Appropriations Act. As of December 1, 2020, a total of $36 million has been appropriated to the Flood Recovery Fund. The chart that accompanies this issue review shows the balance and expenditures of the fund since its establishment in fiscal year 2019. Federal funding. The following charts in this issue display total funding, including total individual assistance, total public assistance, and total hazard mitigation grant funding received as related to the Presidential Disaster Declaration, DR-4421-Iowa, beginning March 23, 2019, and continuing. These numbers are accurate as of December 1, 2020. As of December 1, 2020, over 80 counties have received some form of FEMA public assistance under the Presidential Disaster Declaration. Chart 2 that accompanies this issue review breaks down the type of assistance received as referenced by the disaster assistance categories. Of the total public assistance received under DR-4221-Iowa, 18% went to debris removal and emergency protection measures. The remaining 82% of funding was allocated to roads and bridges, water control facilities, building and equipment, parks, and other recreational facilities. As of December 1, 2020, the state of Iowa has also received a total of $42.3 million through the Hazard Mitigation Grant Program in the form of grants for various types of mitigation measures. Additionally, according to HSEMD, a total of $30 million has been approved in the form of Small Business Administration Grants. The federal disaster funding process in response to the 2019 flooding across Iowa has been a long and often complicated process and will likely continue to be implemented for several years to come. For additional information regarding federal funding 
for flood disasters as well as information related to hazard mitigation in general, please visit homelandsecurity.iowa.gov disasters The LSA staff contact for this issue review is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-250-0458.